Hey, what's going on? Welcome to The Doug Show. My name is Doug Cunnington, and in this episode, I talk to Ron Stefanski from The One Hour Professor, and we talk about a site that he started about 12 to 13 months ago, depending on when this episode goes live and when you're listening to it. But basically, he took this site from nothing, zero, from the inception point up to 800 visitors per day. I think he's had a peak of over 900 visitors at least oh, at least once, maybe a few times. So on average, 800 visitors a day. It's on a pretty fierce growth trajectory. And we go deep into a lot of details. So we talk about contents, contents. We talk about content. We talk about monetization, his plan for keywords, like what kind of keywords, how many keywords. We talk about how he's going to layer on different monetization strategies, and then just estimating like traffic goals, monetary goals, and understanding the ROI of certain activities or understanding that you may not be able to figure out the ROI. Now, the funny thing is I'm recording this intro after I recorded the outro. And the reason why it's kind of amusing at this point. I just have to laugh at myself. Somehow I deleted the intro track on GarageBand. I'm not sure how I managed to do that. But the funny thing is, I actually go on a bit of a rant on the second, um, like, I guess the tail end of this episode. So I'm having, a, I mean, I'm I'm having a bit of a an old man moment. All right. So I... I rant about technology at the end, only to realize that I accidentally deleted the intro, which I am now recording again. So it is sort of the tail end of the day right now. And maybe my motor skills or judgment, maybe they're not as good. But regardless, this interview with Ron is great. It's um, it's always good to have him on the show. I've gotten tons of awesome feedback. So if you haven't heard his other episodes, you should definitely check him out. He's also doing a big push on uh, YouTube this year. So check out his YouTube channel. We'll have links and stuff to all the things we're talking about here. Before I go on, I want to give a shout out to Ezoic. This episode is brought to you in part by Ezoic, and that's a software platform that helps website owners just like you make more money from their sites by using machine learning and artificial intelligence. It tests different ads. It tests different locations for the ads, ad types to optimize the revenue. And it's an end-to-end platform that allows you to do a lot of different things, including drag and drop ad placeholders as a opposed to what I used to do, which was just sort of like pasting code the best I could and hope that it ended up in the right place, which it usually didn't. And they just rolled out the site speed accelerator that helps sites load faster by automatically implementing all the best practices like optimizing images, implementing lazy load, taking care of the CSS, optimizing it, minifying it, all those cool things all the complicated things where you're not quite sure what you're supposed to set with the plugins you use, but Ezoic takes care of it for you automatically. Much easier to deal with. I highly recommend you check out the free seven-day trial from Ezoic. And with that said, let's hear from Ron. Hey, what's going on? It's Doug Cunnington here with my good friend, Ron Stefanski. How are you today? 
I'm good, Doug. Thanks for having me again. Always a pleasure. Yep. And you've been on the show a few times. So if people want to hear some of your your background and some of your other tales, they should check out those other interviews. There will be links in the description and show notes. But I was asking you if you had any like fun facts that you wanted to, to share that maybe people don't know about you, Ron. So what is that fact for today? <laughs> It's pretty embarrassing. Um, so I am a 36-year-old male. I am married. I don't have any kids. And because of that, I play a copious amount of video games, way more than I should. Usually for those that play them, Apex Legends and Battlefield. I like the two games on PS4. That's my, uh, I guess, fun fact, kind of random fact that I don't think many people would guess. So, yeah. Yeah, you look more like an athlete. Yeah, I, well, I, that was another fun fact. I play football every Sundays, or every Sunday I still play football. It's just like two-hand touch. But um, I think the video game one is more fun because I don't think most people would guess that. So, Okay. So what's with the, the football game? That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. it's um, So what it was, it was my cousin. Well, it's been probably about a year, year and a half ago. He just asked me, he said, hey, we get a bunch of guys together and play every Sunday. Do you want to play? And I was like, yeah, you know, I'll try it, whatever. And Went there once. I think I've missed two weeks totally hooked on it because I just love competition in general. Um, so that was something that uh, resonated with me really quick. And, you know, I've been going to it. It's a lot of fun. It's something that I look forward to every week. Um, I've tried quarterback. I'm terrible. Absolutely terrible. I have the arm for it, but not the like, like not the mental stuff. I'm basically Jay Cutler, you know, like I don't have the mental, the mental capacity or Mitch Trubisky. I have all the physical traits, nothing else. So it's a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I, I do I, two fun facts for you. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah, you get the triple threat. You could play games. Yep. You could talk sports and, you know, yep. internet marketing. And that's what we're going to talk know. about today. Yep. So you launched a site um, some time ago and it's getting about 900, 800, 900 visitors per day. I think we were debating earlier. It looks like you hit over 900 at one point, but on yep. average, just about 800 per day. And can you give us like the high level rundown, uh, like how much have you made from the site? How long have you been working on it and the expenses so far? I can. And I do want to start this with a caveat that I think everyone should know. If you don't know me already, I have a portfolio of websites. I've been doing this for five years. I have money to invest in it at this point. I think it's important to say, because I don't want people to hear these numbers and think I can never do that. Um, just know that I don't do my writing. I don't do my editing. I basically am high level strategy and then I have a team to help. Um, so the website was started in uh, December, 2018. So it's been just over a year. We're looking at about a year and roughly, well, about a year, almost a year and a month, pretty much at this point. The total earnings to the website, um, and I have these numbers on my own website, are $694.61 uh, is how much. So just we could just call it $700 is how much I basically made um, with the website overall. Um, I have, uh, I will say too, last month was around $300. So it's really started to kind of grow probably the last three months, especially with monetization. I didn't have any monetization in the beginning. I have invested, and this is a scary number to look at and something that I look at and like kind of panic, but I know that it'll come back, but I have invested $15,421 into the website as a whole. Um, Yeah, at this point, like you said, around eight to 900 people a day. Um, In uh, December of 2019, we got um, around 70, 72,000 page views. Um, so pretty significant page views and everything. Uh, it's mostly monetized with Google AdSense. 
um, at this point. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it, but that's probably the high level that you're looking for. I think. Cool. So it's 13 <clears throat> months old. You've spent about fifteen thousand four hundred dollars, and then it's earned about seven hundred, but it's on a pretty fierce upward trajectory. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say there's still there's still a heavy investment in content. I'm sure we'll talk about it. Very heavy investment in content. I basically kind of saw a smaller niche, and I said I'm just going to build a bunch of great content that's better than my competitors. Um, so it's still the the cost per month. I think I'm trying to think the cost per month is somewhere between nine hundred to twelve hundred dollars to produce content. Um, but with that production of content, obviously now we're making $300 a month and literally every single day, almost it's a new, a new record of page views and, you know, viewers and things. So it's definitely growing. Okay. And a quick, just for people that are maybe newer, um, I'm going to break a couple things down really quick. So if you stopped, um, spending any money on the site and you sold it in say one to two months from now, it's pretty likely you can sell it for like a 25 to 30 X multiple and potentially pull in about 10,000 bucks or so. So you're getting close yep. to yep. the valuation of the site for break even. Now, if you just waited, assuming it just is flat and you were trying to earn $300 per month, which it wouldn't be flat, it'll definitely go up or down um, 300 bucks per month. It'll take you a little while to hit the 15 K earn back, but you're growing, you're continuing to invest and the growth is supporting like what you assume is going to happen. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's an important point. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting close to that break even point where my revenue monthly is going to make it. So if I did turn around and sell, which I will not be doing, but if I were to turn around and sell, um, it would make me about break even. So, but I think the biggest thing, you know, there's a, there's a big investment up front with any website, whether it be time or money. Um, there's a big investment up front and eventually you hit that break even, which is where I'm getting close to now. And that's where you look at the numbers like, Oh my gosh, I've almost spent 15,000 hours and you, or I've spent just over 15,000 hours. And then you realize after that, Hey, you know, this is the cherry on top and this is where it's really getting good. So perfect. So before we go deeper into like content and link building and your keyword research and all that stuff, I usually want people to understand like how they're going to be making money from a website. So I, I usually advise people like, like aim for products so you could do affiliate reviews or if you have a different business model in, in mind, like have that monetization method like part of the business plan, right? Understand yep. how you're going to pull in money. So what, what was your plan or what is your plan on this site? Yeah. So I'll say myself too, like completely agree with you on that, Doug. I usually say have three monetization methods figured out in the beginning. They don't have to be concrete. They don't have, you know, you don't have to have everything, but at least have three ideas. These are the three ways that I can make money. So this website, like I said, number one um, is definitely going to be display ads. There's no doubt in my mind on that. <clears throat> um, it's something that it's a more of an informational site uh, and kind of a reference point for a lot of people. So definitely display ads are the number one monetization method, and that's probably going to be the bulk of the revenue. Um, number two is actually going to be informational products. Um, the audience that I'm catering to um, and the people who visit the website, they definitely could benefit from different informational products depending on um, I guess kind of the timeline of where our person is at. It's hard to explain without, you know, giving away the niche, which I never do. Um, but basically there's some in informational product play there for sure. And then probably the minority of everything 
um, I would think would most likely be affiliate. Um, and I also, I also lump in affiliates with partnership because one of the things that I've realized with time is that sometimes you can maybe find a partner where you could like sell them leads for something, right? You sell them leads. And when you're able to sell those leads, you can make, you know, 20, 50, hundred dollars per lead. So that's, that with the affiliate stuff is definitely the minority part of it. Um, but like I said, those are the three tiers that I decided before I even started the website. Okay. And because you have a few years ex- of experience, you are pretty confident or and you were pretty confident when you launched and invested the 15 K that, um, like display ads <clears throat> were going to pay off. Like you felt comfortable, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, I've been in this for five years and I've had a lot of experience. I've been a mostly display ad guy. I do have one website that's a big affiliate play, but mostly display ad guy. I've had success with it. So, um, I mean, it's always nerve wracking when you start anything, right? Because there's never, especially with websites, there's never a guarantee. Um, but I basically built it out. I did like one link building campaign type deal. And, you know, I just kind of sat there and Google has been just taking it up in traffic every month. And, I'm not doing link building anymore. I'm just kind of sitting watching it grow and having my team create more content. So yeah, I was, I was definitely confident in that, but you know, for a beginner, I think it's hard to be confident. Um, you know, especially if you're just starting out, but that kind of blind confidence, I, I feel like is kind of a positive too. Uh, cause you're just like, I know it's going to pop. I know it's going to pop and it does take time. Um, but if you keep working hard, it does actually pop and good things happen as long as you're doing the right things. So, so let's get into some of those right things, especially around, <laughs> let's start with sort of like the keyword approach and then move into content. So as far as keywords, I know you mentioned it's mostly informational uh, based keywords and content. So what was your approach? How many did you find? Do you use um, certain tools or, or techniques to find the keywords? Yes. Um, so I, I, again, cause I'm informational, I take a different approach than most people. Um, I don't use KGR that often, you know, I, I believe in the KGR. I think it works. I've used it in some, some instances, but for the most part, what I do is I focus on, um, like questions is really big. I'm really big on questions. So when people are asking questions, I want to have an answer. Um, and I also make sure now, and this is something that I've developed with time, instead of just seeing a keyword, that's a question and answering that question directly, I also will look in my list. I have a master list of different uh, like keyword ideas that I have. Um, I'll look in that whole list for um, you know keywords that are common and kind of lump it all up into one blog post. So instead of just answering one thing, I'll answer you know three or four questions in one room. At least make sure that I'm hitting the content as needed. So um, as an example, I'm just going to give an example of something on my desk. I have a uh, a battery charger from Canon. So this is going to be a generic, terrible example, but I'm going to give it anyway. So the one question might is, what is the Canon battery charger and who is the creator of the Canon battery charger? So I would make sure to lump both of those into one post because it makes sense that they're so close, you know, in, in relevancy to do that. Um, so, yeah, so I did a lot of that. I've done a lot of that keyword research. Usually what I'll do at this point, I'll use um, I still use Longtail Pro. So that is an OG uh, tool. I don't know how many people are using it now. I use usually Longtail Pro. I'll also use um, Ahrefs to pull keywords. And I do that because both of those platforms give a competitive score. And I like to have a competitive score from two different sources because I've really found over time that 
Sometimes Ahrefs is way off. Sometimes Long Tail Pro is way off. And it's nice to have the two to compare, you know, to see not just because even their search volumes aren't the same, which seems like. And if you compare that to Google, that wouldn't be the same. It seems crazy, but that's how it is. They're all estimations. So I usually use those two. And I also like to use um, keyword. Well, they changed the, they changed the name, I think, for probably for good reason. But it was keyword shitter. And now I think it's keyword. Uh, no. Yeah. Keyword sheeter. So that's it. They, t- they change it to that. But when I do that keyword research, I usually do who, what, when, where, why, how. So I'll say like, again, with the Canon, Canon battery charger, I'll just put like who Canon battery charger and I'll press shit keywords on the old, I don't know, whatever, whatever the people find on this, but I'll put, put shit keywords and then I'll just generate a list of different keywords for me. And then I'll do, so I'll do who, then what, then when, then where. So generic example, but hopefully it gets the point across. That's funny. They, uh, I never used the tool, but I know a lot of people talked about it and it seems fine. And yeah. I don't have an issue with the swearing or anything like that, but it's funny. They were like, all right, a lot of people talk about it. And then yeah. they say stick to your guns. Just like, I, honestly, I think it's a great name. Like it's kind of hilarious. Everybody gets a little chuckle <laughs> when they hear it. Um, but they probably, you know, if they want to go mainstream, I guess, and be featured in all the different podcasts and stuff, they probably, you know, assumed it was a good idea to do that. So, um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll do that. And then, what I'll also do is I'll, I'll take the, the, some of the keywords that the keyword shitter pushes out and I will actually throw that into Longtail Pro and I'll throw that into Ahrefs because the thing is they don't give any search volume with that. So um, honestly, like when I start a website, I have a, a, a um, Google Sheet with like somewhere between five to 10,000 keywords. Not all those keywords are winners. Um, so I'll basically throw them all into one spreadsheet and then I use filters to segment down and find the content that's relevant to each other. And then I'll create um, like one, one spreadsheet for my writer to go into. And it'll say, here's keyword one, here's the subtopic, here's another subtopic. And then people can, you know, they can write from there. So I, I kind of give them the outline, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And I always encourage them, you know, if there's something that you think's missing, let me know. Um, so yeah, that's how I usually do it. And that's, that's worked out pretty well. sounds like you do most of the keyword research, brainstorming and curation yourself, right? 1000%. I think, um, and, and like, yeah, you could outsource keyword research and all that. But to me, that's such a vital component um, and creating just not only what content is going out there, but the, the overall direction of the website. You know, if you if you outsource it, someone's not going to care as much as you are ever about this stuff. And I think the keyword research and finding those opportunities and also finding the niche are probably the most important parts of creating any website. So that's one part I'm not willing to let go of. Um, when it comes to outsourcing, because I think it's too important. And also, you know, I can sit there and spend a couple, you know, two, three hours, go through the keywords, use that sheet, pull everything. And then, you know, every couple weeks, my writers will comment and say, Hey, we're running out of keywords. And I say, okay. And then I'll go in there for an hour and just give them 10 more, 10 more articles to write or something like that and kind of figure it out for them. Um, so yeah, I don't, I won't outsource that ever. There's no way I'm going to do that. Okay. And that, that totally makes sense because you start with a huge list, you know, many thousand keywords, you prune it down, and then that's all you need for like a really long time. Your writers take time to do the writing and there's a many other activities. So it's really not a huge time suck. And I bet you kind of like finding the keywords, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good one there. And, and then... Um, I mean, it's kind of exciting, right? Like when you're doing it, you're like, oh my gosh, I could do this, this, this. The other thing I, I do want to mention that I forgot to mention is that with my keyword research, I'm always looking also 
and my competitors that are way farther ahead than me and looking at what they've built out and what they've done. Um, and in this particular instance, there's a competitor that has, uh, I talk about like databases, which isn't really the correct term. It's almost like directories where it's a page that talks about a specific location. The example that I'll give, um, let's just say pet stores, right? So maybe you want to talk about every pet store in the U S or something like that. You would then create a page on your website specific to every single pet store in the U S and you use those listings to get ranked for, um, you know, their own names, their own terms, that sort of thing. Um, those are good because especially with Google AdSense, there is usually a lot of ads and display ads for that because if not that brand bidding on it, it's also the competitor bidding on it. Um, so those actually work really well. Uh, plus you usually will get like geographic centric uh, traffic, which is nice because if someone's searching for like a pet store near them, you search then you know you'll come up in there and then they'll see your websites much more than that so i'm a big fan of that i didn't even realize with this niche that someone could kind of do that saw what a competitor was doing and i was like that's like kind of the premise of the whole website like that's a big part of this website so it's worked really really well um actually the blog posts are the ones that are getting the most which are usually uh, question focused they're really getting like majority of the traffic but Every one of those uh, quote unquote directory or you know type pages, those are all getting a lot of traffic and combined, not one individually, but combined, they're making a lot too. So gotcha. And how many keywords did you have before you started? Like when I was when I just did the keyword dump and had a yeah. ton of them, or, or no? Once you curated and you were like, these look really good. I think I'm going to move forward with this. Yeah. So I think, well, I, I mean, I, I got the keyword dump to probably, I think it was around eight, like 8,000 with this one. And then basically looking at it, um, I mean, for the most part at this point, I kind of know just based on like competition, if it's going to work, I can't, just because I have the experience. But for the most part, I just kind of looked at it and I looked at the competitive landscape and I was like, I can make better content than this. So I don't know that I had like a set number of keywords. I mean, in the beginning, I probably assigned I think I assigned like 50 or 60 different blog topics, which I guess you could say is like that starting point. Um, so that's really what I did in the beginning. But yeah, it was, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to even explain. Um, but at this point you have to look at it holistically and the more experience you get, the easier it is. So this was a situation where I looked at the whole landscape of the whole industry um, or the lack thereof. There was not too many competitors and then just said, okay, I can do this. This, this would be the one website that I want. So I already had my mind made up. And then I focused on here's the blog topics and keywords and such. Okay. And just to be clear, so you had tens of thousands of keywords and you pruned it down to 8,000? I, I had about, no, no, no. I had around 8,000. Around 8,000 8, total. Yes. Around 8,000 total. Yes. Okay. And then you knew once you pruned that down, you would still have like a thousand or whatever. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, to give you an idea. So I actually have this on my, on my website too, where I, I update it every month. I have 622 informational pages on the website. Majority of those are the quote unquote directly style listings where it's an informational page for locations. And then I have 50 informational blog posts. So right now we're at almost 675 and I have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of more pages to be built. So gotcha. How many words like total, or on the site, if you have a gauge of that or an estimate? Um, well, total, I mean, you can assume that most of the informational, most of the informational pages are around 2000 words each roughly. Um, so that would be, I'm just trying to do a little math here on the fly. 
622, well, that's 1.2 million words. Is that right? 622 times 2,000. That would be, that'd be right, yeah. Um, yeah. So okay. that's that's just for informational pages and then the blog post. So like total words, there's a lot of words. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't I don't count it that way. I count it as how many how many posts do you have, how many pages do you have out there. And to answer that, I have around 675 at this point. And I know some people are going to say, well, that's way too much, uh, you know, because people are used to affiliate websites. I'm like, oh, that's way too much in the display ad content game. The more you have, the better, as long as they're quality. And mine are quality. I made sure to do better quality than the competitor. Um, and it's it's one of those things I'm a big believer in. I'll go after the zero keyword, um, you know, a volume search. I'll do all that stuff because I'm a big believer in just serving the whole audience, whatever they need. And things just add up over time, which is what's starting to happen. So Okay. And based on those numbers, we know that no one individual page is probably getting like a ton of traffic. Is no. that accurate or is Very so it spread? Okay. Yeah. That's most of my websites are that way. Um, I don't like single points of failure. Um, like my main website, that's one thing I'm dealing with right now is one of my pages is ranking for a lot of terms. And now there's a competitor coming in on that term and pushing really hard. Um, and we're kind of going back and forth, which I hate. Um, so I would much rather have 5,000 pages, you know, all getting a hundred in traffic than have one or two pages really getting, you know, the majority of it. So, right. And I've seen, you know, in a similar way, even though we're coming at this at a different angle, a lot of times a KGR site has that same sort of spread. So it's not 80, 20, like a lot of people will, will mention, you know, two or three pages get most of their con or most of the traffic, um, for a KGR site it's similar where it's like, maybe the, the highest traffic page is like one and a half percent. So even yeah. if it drops by 50%, you've only lost like a very small amount of traffic. Yeah. Which is a big benefit. I can tell all you guys, it'll, it'll make your holidays better. Uh, and make, <laughs> make it a little, I've been dealing with that for the last like three or four months. And it's been, it's been pretty stressful. So it's really nice to be diversified, not just in, um, well, it, mostly, yeah, diversification in your content is a great thing. Um, so don't be scared of creating a lot, as long as it's quality. Don't create crap. If you create crap, it's not gonna. It's just not gonna do well. So don't do it to yourself. So we we move pretty good through the keywords. Um, you get a big list. You curate it. Um, you get it over to the writers, which we'll talk about how you're having it written. But did you have like a specific goal aside from like, hey, I'm gonna launch with like 50 or 60 posts? Like, do you know how big this is gonna go? Um, I have no idea how big it's going to go. Uh, I, I mean, realistically, I would say probably between one to 2000 informational pages, um, in the directory area, maybe even more. I, I haven't looked at the list in a while. Cause like I said, I, I literally give my writers a spreadsheet and they pick from there and they just write and write and write. Um, so I think around one to 2000 informational pages and probably informational blog posts. I think we could probably get somewhere between 500 to a thousand there. Um, so yeah, so total size, it'll be, it'll be a really big site. Um, once it's officially done when I started, I think, so I started it and I think that we just launched with 10 articles, I think is what I did. Um, because you know, I'm not trying to, you know, necessarily, I wasn't even worried about monetization at all, uh, until I hit 10,000 page views a month. That was the number I said, I will not monetize until I hit that. And I think that that's just important in the beginning. Um, to get people to come to the site, you know, enjoy it, look around, you get your, your time on site up, all that stuff. 
Um, you know, I don't know that that's necessary for every site or anything, but that was the number that I did because I already have revenue from other sites and things. So I'm not, you know, really panicking over that. Um, so yeah, so I started around there and then I monetized it around 10,000. Uh, but yeah, I don't know exactly how big it's going to go, but I think we started with around 10 blog posts or 10, 10 total pages. I shouldn't say blog posts. I think it was 10 total pages in the beginning. Okay. And then that's a, that's a big range of course, but yeah. how are you going to gauge like, Hey, I'm going to publish more. Um, how are you going to make the, the decision to keep going bigger or to start limiting it? Start scaling back. So my biggest thing, um, when I started out to give you an idea of the content that we were creating, it started out as eight, um, directory type pages every single week. So that that's, just to be clear, that's templated really well. So I basically wrote the first two myself. I templated it like crazy and said, okay, this is where this section goes. This is where this section goes. So anybody who's doing it, I can get any writer because all they have to do is do the research, find out the information that quote unquote plugs into that section and then write that section. Um, so I really, really believe in templates for these things. But I started with that. And um, over time, you know, it's just kind of that's been the easiest thing is just to have those templates there and people write from those. Uh, but in general, like when to know to, you know, step on the gas pedal or step on the brake, it's mostly been, let's just, let's set cruise control for about a year. Uh, cause I always tell myself if I'm going to start a website, I have to take a whole year. That's, I tell all my, anybody that's like a student of mine, anything like that, like give it a year. If you don't give it a year, you're not doing yourself justice. So I gave myself a full year um, and last year or last month was a year and it started to actually show some pretty significant growth that month. So that kind of gives you a timeline. Like I was seeing a little bit of money in, in month eight, which I think was kind of quick. It, it wasn't a crazy amount of money, but it was kind of quick. And then at a year is basically where I really started to see the growth. So we actually just put our foot on the gas pedal um, because I saw, hey, we're, we're increasing um, the amount of content now because basically it's doing well. So right now I have 12 pages, like reference pages being created. Um, and I have, I'm trying to think, we were doing one blog post a week. Now it's going to be three blog posts a week. Um, so that's what we're doing. And then in, in terms of like, when do we slow down? If a website is profitable or giving me money, I don't slow down uh, until I literally run out of ideas. Um, I just don't believe in that. And right now, this website isn't, you know, every month, um, you know, it's in the hole probably, you know, around eight, nine hundred hours. But that's better than the twelve hundred hours it was before. And I just I don't usually stop until, like I said, I run out of ideas because I know the more content you put out and the more it ranks, the more money you're going to get. I mean, it's just a simple math, you know, simple math right there. Like it's just the trend that, that it follows. So yeah, I'm hoping, you know, it'd be nice eventually when I'm actually paying for all the content with this website every single month. Um, I pretty much reached a limitation. My writer that I have currently, I pretty much reached a limitation on her time with how much more she can write. Um, I could hire another writer, but I'm kind of like, you know, that's the thing. This website, I, I spent around 15,000, but it hasn't felt like that because I've been investing every single month, you know, for a year, I've invested a little bit more than a thousand dollars a month. So it doesn't feel like I invest, you know, I'm not taking 15 grand and throwing it in and like ordering articles and I'm not doing that approach. I'm doing it consistent, you know, and slow. So. And each month you've seen a little more growth. You've mm -hmm. seen a little bit more traffic than the previous month. So like you're getting good feedback. So you're confident to continue investing. Yeah. Yeah. As long, as long as my, as long as my traffic is the same or growing, um, I'll keep pushing on it. If I saw, you know, two or three months of decline or two or three months of a website being completely stagnant, 
I would probably at that point look into link building or possibly changing my content strategy. Um, but in this particular instance, that just hasn't happened yet. And Google is continually rewarding the website, continually sending more traffic like almost every single day. So I'm seeing that trend and, you know, don't uh, fix it if it's not broke. So I'm just kind of like, all right, let's just create more because apparently I'm doing something right. For the traffic and revenue coming in, did you have any benchmarks along the way or do you have them going forward to know that you're moving in the right direction other than just like it's going up? <laughs> Blind hope, Doug. No, I don't. Uh, I really don't have. For, so from that perspective, I really don't have any um, benchmarks because it's it's especially with a website like this, when you do the display ones, it's or with the content websites like informational, it's tough to say definitively what, you know, what traffic benchmarks you can hit. It's tough to say what revenue benchmarks you can hit just because there's, you know, you're writing so much content. I feel like, you know, you're, you're capturing a lot of it, but missing some of it. It's hard to hit those numbers and say, okay, I want to make it. Um, I mean, I did make a benchmark of, Hey, it'll be great if we hit 50 bucks. And then I was like, it'll be great if we hit a hundred. Now I'm thinking it's great if we hit 500, but in terms of where this site website will land, I'm hoping eventually somewhere between two to three thousand dollars in display ads every single month um, over time as it builds more authority and things. I think that's realistic just based on my experience. And then from there, we'll throw on the informational stuff um, and just like that's the biggest thing. Once you have a website that's doing pretty well, I always tell people like milk it dry as much as possible. Put every monetization strategy, not overdoing it and putting too many ads or anything, but like you know, think outside the box, think about information, probably just do everything you can to try to make as much money as you can from that website before moving on to the next one. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of my approach. I don't, I don't do benchmarks too well, just cause it's, it's hard. Cause I don't know, this market is very large. It's a very, very large market. So I don't know exactly where I'll end up to be honest. Cool. And you know, we can make estimates and guess, um, when I do, I'm doing this age site <clears throat> case study where I, I bought a site and I'm, outsourcing a lot of the activities and I didn't set a specific goal because then you could fail. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but as long as the trend is like in the right direction, I'm like, okay, this is like generally working. Um, I've spent a similar amount of money in a shorter amount of time as you, um, and you're making more money and you're getting more traffic. So, you know, for whatever that means, but it's really hard to estimate ahead of time, even if you've done lots of these in the past. We can make assumptions, but our assumptions are always pretty far off. They're educated guesses at best, yeah, and just yeah. uneducated. Yeah, yeah. Even, <laughs> like even, yeah. You know, even being in this, you know, five almost six years now, it's still a stab in the dark. You know, what I mean, like you're, you're still like, I hope, you know, and you, don't, you really don't know. I mean, every website I've ever started, it's like this could get to. $20,000 a month and this could get to 500,000 people a month or, you know, a month. And then it's like, can it, you know, so now I'm a little bit more tempered and I'm a little bit more realistic. And, you know, I, I estimate my goals and I hope for the best. Um, but yeah, I think you're the biggest thing too, is like you said, the trends, just if it's trending upwards or even stagnant, like if it's stagnant month over month for one month, I don't hit the panic button. If it has that trend of being stagnant for two, three months in a row, then I'm looking at it. I'm like, okay, something's probably going to change here. Um, and yeah, I do want to say too, we had, we had a different approach because this website to be clear was 100% built from scratch. Mm -hmm. I know yours was an age site. Um, you know, there was, there was some age there already. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know who would end up winning the race in terms of that, you know, we'll see, we'll see where both the websites go. Um, but yeah, it's a little bit of a different approach there, but yeah. 
I would bet on you. Um, you're clearly working harder <laughs> on yours yeah. than I am yeah. on mine. So um, I think you're going to win. Yeah. It's oh, not we'll a see. contest. There's no yeah. contest. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? So I'm very interested in the info product aspect. Um, the margins on that are insane, right? Like once you yep. develop the product, it's like 90% probably. It's just like fulfillment yep. and you could send it in or you could sell an endless number of them. So I know that will be through email marketing, uh, probably primarily. Are you building an email list? What is your approach with that? Yeah. So, um, again, I, I won't give away the full niche, but one thing that I'll say that is very, very difficult and unique about this niche is that I have to give a physical like printed product. It has to be physically printed, um, for a variety of reasons. So, I basically have to create that, which is kind of tough because, you know, you'd much rather do digital. I can create some digital and I'm, I'm trying to think of ways to do digital because it's so much easier to deliver that type of thing. Um, but that's one of the hurdles that we're dealing with. And I knew that going into it. Um, but yeah, in general, um, I do have an email list that I have created. Um, I, you know, a lot of people say, create your email list from day one and this, that and the other. I actually, um, I used to believe in that notion. Now, personally, I don't. Just because you're, especially if you're writing for yourself, it is draining to write all your own content. And, it, and that takes time and that, that takes a lot of patience and a lot of hard work to do that. So to distract yourself uh, with email lists and things in the beginning, I don't personally think it's worth it. I usually say when I'm hitting around 100 traffic a day, that's when I'm looking at email marketing to just create the list. I'm just trying to get you know people to sign up for a list. Um, I will say a, a helpful, uh, fun fact. One of the best things that you can use for an opt-in that I found is to just create a Facebook community and just say, hey, if you want to join the Facebook community, we need you to put in your email, you know, your email info so that, you know, we can validate you or, or validate who you are and that sort of thing. And people are excited to do Well, I don't know why I'm excited to do it, but people will do that. Um, so that's been a great way for me to build my list is to just kind of focus on the aspect of, hey, we're a community. We want you to be a part of it. Um, but I started that. That's kind of the the opt-in or the hook that I use to get people in there. Um, again, my website is pretty unique. So there's a, um, a big segmentation part of my website to determine time intervals of certain. Um, it's so hard to even explain this. But basically, I've segmented my list uh, by certain time intervals. So if something's going to happen within six months, if it's going to happen, you know, six to 12 months, if it's going to happen 12 months to 24 months to try to segment my audience that way. Um, and that's been an interesting exercise, something I didn't do. I use active campaign to do it. Uh, and basically I have it, I send an email, I think it's like the third or fourth email and I'm like, Hey, click the one that's most relevant to you. After they click, it'll then add a tag to that record of that contact. And then I'm able, that's really nice because, um, in this instance, I'm not able to sell the things that I could sell to the six months or within six months that I could sell to somebody who's going to be with, you know, two to three years. I can't, I can't mix those. So it's really just a bunch of different uh, like kind of roads, I guess you could say, you know, that I have to go down with monetization. And within six months, I can do this. Within you know seven to 12 months, I could do this. So it's the monetization is um, difficult. My first focus is going to be within the six months to try to make some info, info products for that. Definitely the most relevant, definitely going to be the um, easiest to do. And then I'll over time, you know, understanding my audience and, and I do send the second email I send to them. Uh, is, hey, what do you need help with? And and I don't, you know, a lot of people don't do that email. I do it because I want people to reply back, talk to me. I want to understand them more. 
um, kind of get an engaged from my audience. And over time, you know, probably three, four months from now, I'll probably remove that email once I have a much better idea because it, it takes time to reply to all those emails. Um, so that's how I, that's how I've done it in the past. So. And just a quick breakdown for people that maybe got lost in the time periods, the intervals and all that stuff. It would be the same as like if you went to Ron's site, One Hour Professor, which you should. Um, and I don't know what you do. So this is just a pure example. But if you went to, to Ron's site and then you signed up for his list and he had like a little survey, like, are you interested in entrepreneurship? Are you interested in affiliate yeah. marketing? Are you interested in display ad websites? Then you'd yeah. be placed into the segment so that you would get content, which is relevant to whatever your interest is. Yeah. So it's just, it's just making it so that the content is better for that person. Um, every specific, because too many times, and, and when you're starting out, it's fine. But you know, over time you realize that your audience or your website doesn't really just have one audience most of the time. You know, it could be like, let's say you had a psychology website. There could be, you know, people there that are 16 years old, 18 years old. And then there's people there that are 40 years old with two kids, you know? So you kind of have to understand that and you have to find a way to segment those audiences to appropriately sell to them, to appropriately give them the right information. So that's, yeah, your example is perfect though. That's an exact, exactly what, um, yeah. I often get questions about ROI for a certain activity. A lot of times people want to get like an ROI for a piece of content or keyword research or whatever. Do you have any like built-in ROI or is it kind of fast and loose like the rest of the approach. it's a lot of it's a lot of praying uh no <laughs> no it uh i mean okay so yeah roi i think personally i would probably say that keyword like your keyword research and actually getting written content that's of quality are going to be the biggest things that are going to return any investment at all um i you know i have a consulting person now and they were they were talking about email marketing and, and social media and this that, and the other i said stop Focus on content and focus on keywords because in the beginning that it literally is all that matters because if you don't have good content and keywords, nothing else is going to follow. So I definitely don't, um, you know, have a specific ROI, like even target for all of my articles because, you know, if you're doing an affiliate website, I could see that being kind of more relevant, but with the display one, it's a lot of, it's just like a shotgun approach. Let's create this, let's create this, let's create this, and let's do it with quality. Let's create better competitors. Let's push it out and see what we rank for. Um, and, you know, so far that's been able to work with me, but yeah, I don't, I don't do like a return on investment with that. Like I said, there's just, I think the two most valuable things are going to be the keyword and the content. So like I won't outsource my keywords because I've done enough research on that. And then the content, I just make sure I have really good and tight templates uh, and really good content in general to beat my competitors. So Okay. And that totally makes sense. I mean, again, we've done this for a little while. Our combined experience with like marketing is um, many years, right? Well, it's yeah. over a decade, right? <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a lot. Uh, maybe even up to 20 years because you actually have a marketing background. Yeah, I, I was in marketing for about 10 years prior to even getting it. So I'm at 15 years, 16 years myself. So yeah. Okay. So I could help us push it over the 20 year mark. So we have some experience, but I'm like, I if my wife, which this is something that she would maybe do, she's like, well, what's the ROI on that? And I'm like, I don't know, but it's trending in the right direction. Which is like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> th I mean, that is part of entrepreneurship. Like you have uncertain results you don't have enough information and you kind of just have to like hope you're going in the right direction and we know we could tell right on on our various uh you know projects or case studies here that we're talking about like we're generally going in the right direction we 
don't know when we're going to break even, but we know pretty close the valuation or pretty soon the valuation is going to be close to a break even point. And once you get to that, it's like you have a lot more freedom to, um, or I guess confidence. It's not really freedom, but you have confidence in like what you've done. So yeah, yeah, and to, and to be clear, so some people know not everyone's a winner. Um, I created my my website with my wife, uh, and I'll give away the niche because it's super big. It's just fashion. It's like this fashion website, which I have no interest in. But um, that one we created it. It has made some money, but it's definitely not trending in the right direction. We've done consistent link building slowly. We're still waiting. Um, I'm hoping it's going to pop. And sometimes patience uh, is a big thing. But I have the luxury at this point to where my portfolio of websites can fund itself and then a lot more. Um, so I'm able to take that risk that some people would maybe want to quit. I'm just able to continue to take that risk. So, yeah, like not every one of them is a winner, even still. Um, there's always going to be variables. And that's my biggest thing with like determining ROI. Like, oh, it's just to me, that's a vanity metric to really determine an ROI on a piece of content because – that's like in, you know, in the best scenario and I make 80% of revenue, then I can make this. And then if it's at a hundred percent, I can make this. It doesn't matter because guess what? If Google doesn't rank you, you're not making a thing. Like that's just the reality. And, and you don't own Google. You, you know, you can do everything you want to try to, to try to get in there and hack the SEO system, if you will. But at the end of the day, if you don't get ranked, it doesn't matter. So that's why I don't, I, I'm like you, I just, I focus on the trend. If it's growing positively and not stagnant or not, you know, not stagnant for too long or not declining let's just keep going and let's keep pushing that boulder because eventually that boulder gets uphill and then it starts rolling downhill. And that's, I'm getting to the, I, I almost feel like when you hit that valuation, the worth of the website, that's when you have a boulder on the top of the hill. And then once you nudge it there, it really starts rolling and getting bigger. You can even see it. Um, you know, Spencer Hawes just did a public case, uh, case study and he's, he's doing really well with that. And it's like the exact same thing. So he, he, this growth, it just takes time. So. Sure. And I think, which the word you're looking for is snowball. So a boulder just yeah. going to roll down the hill. Snowball, yes. bigger. <laughs> <laughs> boulder would probably just kill a bunch of people. Good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just be clear uh, yeah. on that analogy. Okay. Yeah. So speaking of hacking the uh, you know the SEO part of it, let's talk about link building. You mentioned one campaign. You're a methodical link builder. Um, yep. the, it's insane. Some of the the links you've been able to pull off and yep. just the it's amazing. So tell us about your approach with link building. So, I mean, my approach, the thing is, again, this is something that I've realized over time. Um, I've had websites that I was link building really fast, getting five to six, well, five to seven links a day. Uh, and the, you know, the link velocity, quote unquote, which is kind of how fast you get the links in that. Um, it was insanely high for like two months. That particular website really didn't take off the from the ground at all. Uh, it would took about two years and it's now starting to show signs of like positive stuff. So like, I almost think I made a mistake there because it was too much of a good thing too quick. And just to be clear, you know, I wasn't like paying for links. I wasn't building forum links. These are do follow links where I reached out to people and they agreed to give me a link. So these are legitimate links. I just did it at scale big time. And this was for one website, this website in particular, um, I kind of took a different approach because I had been burned by that last one. And I thought, you know, okay, instead of just focused and building a ton of links, some with, you know, low domain authority websites, some with high, let's just create a campaign um, and then let's push that content out. So basically what I did with this one, I created a campaign um, on the website that was kind of a, a, I guess you could say like a guide, a helpful guide with statistics and all very academic in nature, citing different studies and that sort of thing. 
Um, I think the, the amount of words for it was around four to 5,000 total. Um, and I, di I did it myself. Um, and I was, you know, I understand the research well. Like I, I previously was halfway through my doctoral degree before I went entrepreneur. So like I understand this stuff. I can get pretty deep in the weeds, you know, like if we have to do that route. And in that case, I did um, and really got deep in the weeds there. It was well received. I basically took it because no one was going to see it. Right. Like not a single person was going to see it. I took it and I just looked up people um, and websites that people but like the websites that might be interested in this sort of content. Um, and then I just used um, what is it that I used Mailshake and I just slowly periodically am emailing out, you know, 10, 20 people a day uh, and just getting the replies and then responding to those replies that netted me. I think it was somewhere like 30 to 40 links. Um, but the, the beauty of it was a lot of those were domain authority, like 40 to 60. So they were, they were pretty, pretty authoritative websites. So I did that once. Um, and this particular website, I haven't had to do it since. So, uh, you know, I just did it once, but the thing I've realized, like with the, the link building now, what I do now, which is different, I'll do a campaign. So whether that's guest posting, whether that's, you know, there's a million different things that you can do for link building, but whatever that campaign is, do one campaign, have a goal of, you know, 10, 20, whatever links, five, whatever you want it to be, get those links and then stop. And then just wait about a month, watch your traffic, see if anything happens. If nothing happens, run another campaign. It can be an extension of the first campaign or it can be a completely new strategy that you use um, and doing that. But yeah, I've built links in some very unconventional and strange, strange ways. My wife website, we use her Instagram. Uh, we use Instagram stories to give shout outs when people give us a link. So like there's, there's some creative things that you can do. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I, I think I still believe, I know you can do a website without building any links at all. I still believe that you need to at least run that first campaign and, you know, try to get like 20 to 30 links, even if they're low domain authority or high to get that, um, that love from Google to at least show it, Hey, this is a linkable asset. And then if it's growing, I'm, I'm right now subscribing to the idea of if it's growing, don't, don't touch it. You know, like it's doing fine. Let's not, let's not add any more. Cause I don't want Google to get like, you're adding too many links and then slow me down. So. Gotcha. And I was going to say, I have um, quite a few students that, um, this is my dog, like. <laughs> no, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my students are often like, Hey, I don't want to build links. Like too many rejections. I don't think yeah. it worked, blah, blah, blah. And they just try to focus on the content, which mm -hmm. they just ignore what I teach. You know, yeah. so I'm like, fine, fine. Um, mm -hmm. After some time, usually they'll think, hey, I am going to build some link links. Yeah. Uh, similar to what you said, they're like, hey, I, I did like 15. And then about three or four months later, sometimes it takes a while, depending on yeah. what else they got going on. They're like, things jumped. Like that yep. definitely made a difference, but it's like, um, you have to give it time. It's a little bit slower than if you just were to publish content. But if you go check out your competition and they got a bunch of links and you don't like, that's a huge difference. So, yeah, yeah you're not, you're not going to win that battle. And yeah, that's, that's probably the biggest thing is like, you know, I say to wait a month because it's, you know, let's not do too much at a time. Let's focus on 10 to 20. I know some people are like, I don't want to build links, but neither do your competitors. So when you build them, it makes them that much more valuable. And to be honest, a one to 2% actual link placement rate. So a hundred contacts you reach out to one to two of them actually placing it. Not bad. That's kind of about average. Like that's not, that's not terrible. And it depends, you know, guest posting can be higher than that. There's certain campaign, you know, yeah. things to everyone, but generally speaking, if you're doing like the math stuff that I do, that, that, that ratio isn't terrible. And just, 
make sure that you get, you know, five, 10, 15, and then give it time, I think is the key. I, I usually do it a month. And then if it's nothing's happening, I'll do another one, you know, so that's, that's the way I've been doing it. You know, with this website, it's worked out pretty well. Okay. And I was going to say, like, I, I definitely, I end up working in sort of sprints of work, like you're talking about where you're like, do a campaign, but like, I think ideally, I don't do this by the way, but like ideally it'd be good to do like a sprint and then maybe like one or two links per month, just as a steady yep. state where it's like, it, it's always on an upward trajectory. And sometimes, cause I, I think that seems fairly natural. If it's yep. a evergreen piece of content, people find it occasionally, they link to it again. I don't do that, but I think if I if I was pre prescribing this to someone, I'm like, do a campaign, chill out, get one or two links per month, and then just in two years, right, just at the steady state, you're going to have, you know, 20 links probably. So Yeah, yeah, and, and that doesn't even count the idea of eventually getting ranked uh, for other things, you know, links otherwise. So, yeah, that's that's been a really big thing, and we've been trying to be – um, steady for the most part um, with the, my wife's fashion website. We've been steady on that. Hey, it's Doug jumping in for a second. We had a little technical difficulties, but the next statement that Ron is going to make is about the site in question that's getting 800 visitors per day at this point. So just wanted to fill in that gap so it didn't sound so random and disjointed. I did that first campaign and again, because traffic is increasing, I haven't focused on link building at all since then. I think I've gotten like probably three or four links since then, which I had no part of. Um, they just kind of happen because, you know, people find me and stuff. But yeah, I completely agree with you, you know, push that first one. Because if you think about a website when it starts, how does it usually start? It'll start, it'll push out content, content, content. And then there will be like one to three articles that really start to do well. So I think that that looks pretty natural to Google because it kind of sees it and it, you know, it gets linked to from one place. And then, you know, there's like four or five, 10, whatever links going to that page. And then if you're kind of just hands off at that point, you know, you might get a few that trickle in and things. I think that that's pretty natural to Google. I, I think the biggest thing, and I don't have any experience or any, any proof of this other than my anecdotal experience is you have to be careful not to build too many too quick because I definitely did that. And I definitely was like, this is going to crush everybody. And it definitely crushed my soul uh, in disappointment. So, yeah, there was no wins there at all for me. So I remember when you were like dealing with all the emails and you're like, dude, I'm getting like so many yeah. emails per day. And I was like, that's crazy, man. That's yeah. totally crazy. Yeah, it seemed like a win. But just, you know, getting too many links at one time, I think that there can be a negative to that. So be careful with that. So we're going to wrap up. Can you just quickly talk about your team? You mentioned a writer. Can you tell us about like how you're doing and executing all this work? Yeah. So at this point, I have uh, eight different websites. Um, oh, I'll get my headphone. Sorry about that. Knock my own headphone out. Uh, I have eight different websites. Um, I have a team. So I have one editor uh, that oversees all the writing, actually. Um, she's a former teacher, which is usually what I recommend. She's very good with grammar, that sort of thing, because I don't need her like I don't need her to look at the content so much because I create the content briefs and I well, I, I create the the content templates for people to write from. So generally speaking, and I you know, I kind of almost outline the article form. So generally speaking, they're gonna hit on the right points that I want anyway. Um, but she'll basically read through them, look at the content, make sure that you know the grammar's good in that. So she'll do that and then I have writers, um, depends on the website, but I have one writer that writes for uh, three websites. I have one writer that just focuses on one website. 
Um, and then I have a virtual assistant who basically helps me with all the other stuff uh, that we're doing. And then I have, I'm trying to think. So right now I really work actively with, I'm trying to think, four different writers total, even though I have eight websites. That's because two of my websites, I'm not even producing content on right now. They're basically sitting there and I'm kind of just trying to figure out the next move with them. Um, but the other ones, we are actively producing content. So one of the websites, it's you know one article a week. Another one, it's 12 articles a week. It just depends on what we're doing. Um, so that's basically my team. It's really a pretty lean, you know, my, my profit margin and everything is really high. I try to keep a lean team with everything. Um, and that's pretty much what I do. And then, yeah, it just it, so something gets, I create the content or I create the the spreadsheet with the keywords, it then gets pushed, or I give it to the, the writers, the writers pick a topic, they write about it, it then goes to the editor, the editor reviews it, it then goes out of there into my virtual assistant, my virtual assistant then takes it and she posts it to the website, um, and she takes care of like Amazon affiliate linking when it's needed, she takes care of all the different, you know, um, just formatting and all the junk that I don't want to do. So. There's plenty of times, to be honest, where I don't even see the content. I'll just go in every week to I kind of keep an eye on it, you know, to make sure and I'll, I'll randomly spot check. But I definitely 1000 percent do not read through everything going through my websites at this point. Perfect. And just quick reminder, uh, Ron has income reports, very thorough. He shows top line revenue expenses. Check them out. There's years of information. If you read them you'll be like stalker level, um, intimately like, uh, familiar with Ron's like life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, just a, a quick little thing that I just started this last month. So you and I know this, but I have a big push on my same name, uh, YouTube channel. I have a big push on my YouTube channel right now. I'm trying to do that for 2020. And one of the things that I am doing now is I'm actually creating a video version of that income report, uh, to kind of talk through it and, and go through it. Um, you know, so I go on a few tangents here and there and they're pretty long videos. Uh, they're about 20 to 30 minutes. So they do take some time. Uh, but if you prefer a visual version, you can go to the, um, the YouTube channel and, and see it there as well. Very cool. So you have a, a pretty good sized team and I'm curious, or I mean, it's lean for the amount that you're making, but there's a handful of people. Obviously there's uh, is that your wife calling you? No, that is my, my cat making noises and yelling. So if anyone hears that, my apologies. All right. Yeah, Ron and I have pets. so <laughs> And they love talking while we're in the middle of this stuff. Yeah, it, it's amazing. She, my, my dog is like whisper quiet for like hours. And then as yep. soon as I hit record, it's like, yep. come on. Jumps in here. Me. Yeah, yeah. just my cat. Just, she never, you know, barely ever meows. But, you know, that's how it goes. So as far as the number of hours that you work per week, do you have like a gauge on average um, I'm trying to think, I'd say probably realistically, like maybe 10 to 20 in that range. Um, I will say as of late, it's been much more than that because I've been focused on my YouTube and I can't outsource myself. So I have to record the content. So lately it's been, yeah, like 40, 50, 60 hours a week, um, for the last like couple weeks. But usually I'd say like depending 10 to 20, um, hours a week, you know, a lot of the content. Most, most of my time is really just answering emails, making sure that the direction is right. Some spot checking here and there. And then like, I always have a to-do list of like, let's do this to improve this website or let's, you know, let's change direction and do here. And you know, it's, it's cool because when I have a portfolio of websites like this, I learn a lot of things. I can, I can use one website to learn something and then push that out or I can test a tool somewhere and then let's push that out. So yeah, training, just making sure the overall direction, but for the most part, I'd say probably 
you know, 10 to 20 hours, give or take. Um, and then, you know, lately it's been a lot more. Sure. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thanks, Ron. Everybody, um, definitely check out um, Ron's YouTube channel. He is publishing a lot more. And I don't know if you want to tell everyone your goal of, of publishing videos. Who I do. Of, okay, what is it? I do, because that way I'll stick to it. So I am really trying really hard um, to publish Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So three times a week. Um, maybe a few little smaller ones in there. But like everything else, and I forgot to mention part of my team, I have a video editor to help me with that. I will eventually, because I don't want to deal with it, hire someone to create the description and all that stuff. I'm not there yet. Um, I'm doing that manual work for now. But yeah, so I still am definitely pushing for three three a week. Um, yeah, so. Cool. And at that rate, you will probably have a bigger channel than me in no time. <laughs> so We'll see. We'll yeah. see. We'll see what happens. Again, not a competition. Yeah. A <laughs> not a competition, but I'm going to get you. No. <laughs> yeah, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I, uh, you know, and it, it's not, the thing is, it's interesting. We've talked about this, like that YouTube channel, it's focused on online business and things, but also um, I'm changing a little bit of the strategy to focus a little bit on more, not only, but also financial stuff. Because, you know, that's the beauty of work for yourself. You could do what you're passionate about. And I am passionate about that, you know, like saving money, investing money, that sort of thing. So I'm going to do a little bit of that, too. But it's mostly going to be about online business. You know, it's whatever and whatever my audience wants, really. You know, I'm creating, I have a lot, a lot of content that I have slated now. But it'll change over time, just like I'm sure your own YouTube channel does. You know, you kind of go with what, what you feel like at that time and what your audience is, you know, responding to. So Awesome. Yeah, I'm pumped to see what you got in store for us. So thanks a lot, Ron. I appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. Thanks again to Ron. Definitely appreciate just being able to talk to the guy. So check out his YouTube channel, check out his income reports, and uh, give him a shout. Let him know that you found out about him from me, assuming that that's true. And, okay, let's get into the old man rant stuff. I'm sure I'm going to lose a few of you, but I know there's some there's some older people like myself, 40, 40 years old. And uh, basically, I, I was getting a payment. This, this is like a technology gripe. So I was getting a payment from someone, and there's this app that helps you send payments from one bank account to another. There's many of them out there. And here's the deal. I thought we solved that problem like 15 years ago. Like I thought PayPal is how you can send money. Yeah, they, they charge a little bit higher. Um, but in a lot of ways, it's pretty convenient. So anyway, someone needed to send me money with Zelle. In fact, my dad told me about Zelle months ago. He was like, yeah, I did some, did some uh, contract work, blah, blah, blah. He's retired, but he does some, he does some contract work teaching and stuff like that. He likes to stay busy. And uh, basically, he was like, yeah, you could send money. It's, uh, it took me a little while to set it up, but I got it going. So anyway, I was like trying to accept a payment. And um, one bank that I bank with, which I'll name because I, I think I, I don't like them anymore. And um, I'm only stating facts here. All right. It's Capital One. I have a Spark Capital One business account. And you can't do bill pay. All right, this is a technology bill pay. I can't even log in and have a physical check sent in. Like they don't even have old technology in place. They used to have it, but apparently, however that was handled before, whatever vendor they were outsourcing, 
they didn't reach an agreement. So it's been several, several months where on Capital One, I can't send a check. I don't even know what the fuck I can do with the account at this point. And um, the other part, so so I tried there and they were like, oh yeah, y- you can't do that. Like um, we don't have anything in, in place. So high, high likelihood I'm going to be changing to another bank. There was a reason why I opened that account um, at some point which is beyond the scope of this old man rant. But here, here's the thing. So I then logged in to um, another banking account that I have. I got a checking account, some other bank. So I was like, okay, I know I have, um, I know I have a login there. I'm going to try to use it. And um, I had to type in like a verification code, which makes sense, right? We're talking about transferring money. It's important to verify this stuff. So I sent the verification code and I'm trying to type it in um, on my phone, except I can't type in any numbers. All right. I know people are probably out there thinking, Doug, you're an idiot. You had the wrong keyboard selected or something like that on your iPhone. I couldn't change keyboards, right? I don't know what I was supposed to do, but basically I was on the screen where I, the only thing I could do is enter numbers or cancel. And um, I couldn't enter numbers. So the only thing I could do is cancel that failed like three times. So then I had to call the help desk all to accept a payment. And like I said, there's Zelle, there's Venmo. We have PayPal. I thought we solved this whole pay each other thing a long time ago. And every time, every time I turn around, every time I turn around, there's like another thing I have to verify, another account, another app that I have to fucking download. And it's driving me crazy. All to accept uh, another payment. It's just bananas. And I'm sure, actually, I'm almost 100% sure that most of it is user error. I'm sure I screwed it up somehow. But, um, you know, this is the Doug show and sometimes I complain about stuff. If this happens to be your first episode and you listen to the whole thing, you probably, you, you might like me. Um, I don't know what that says about you, but if you're over an hour in, either you like me and you will like the other episodes and you should probably subscribe or your phone is in a location that you cannot reach right now. Maybe you're in the car and you shouldn't pick up the phone to you know, find another better podcast to listen to. But if you did hang in there that long, regardless, if there's a physical thing keeping you from getting to your, your phone to change, I appreciate you. I appreciate that you listen to the whole call. And the funny thing is while I was on the, um, th- this is slightly amusing. So I'm in my office area. The door is closed right now. I'm calmer than I was. I solved the problem. I accepted the payment. Things should be good. At this point with Zelle, it's all connected with my bank. You know, once you get this shit set up, usually it works pretty good. All right. So I I am aware of that, but it's the end of the day right now. And when I was trying to get that payment, I was just like, why? Why is everything conspiring against me right now? So crazy. It's so crazy. But yeah, once you get this stuff set up, works pretty good. Now I can send payments. Now I can receive payments. Everything's fantastic, right? So um, the funny part is I'm in this office, got the door closed, but I was on the phone and I'm like going through the phone tree, trying to call various different banks for the help, uh, including Zelle. And I'm just like trying to navigate through the phone tree. And then at some point I'm just like, 
you know what, I'll skip all the expletives because I know some people do listen uh, with uh, kids in their car and stuff like that, <laughs> which, um, yeah, so I'll skip all the things that I said. But when I walked out, my wife was in the other room and she was like, I couldn't understand everything you were saying, but um, it sounded like you were pretty upset. She repeated back what I what she thought she heard me say, which was pretty accurate. And I'm hoping whoever or whatever app um, like tracks whatever you say, you know, in the phone trees where you can say like representative and all that. So I was like, I was hoping they were listening to me because I was I was giving them an earful. I don't like those phone trees. It's, um, you know what, let's just end it there. You know, there, nobody wants to listen to me complain for uh, 15 or 20 minutes. Or if you like it, shoot me an email, feedback at Doug.show. By the way, if you have questions, not about any sort of uh, payment options out there, if you have any questions, you got any questions for Ron, you have any questions for me, you can leave a voicemail. The phone number is in the description. It's not my actual phone, but it is a Google Voice number that I have set up. So you can leave a voicemail. And um, I, I have one in the queue. But basically, if you leave a voicemail and it's a reasonable question, you will get on the air. Right now, it's 100% except for the one that's in the queue. And I haven't published the episode yet. So anyway, whew, I think we got everything settled. It's about beer 30 where I'm at right now. Everybody have a great day. We'll catch you on the next episode.